Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I would like to welcome you officially to the Black Ink Podcast, episode number 43. Now, I'm recording this at 3, uh, three something in the morning on Monday, like I was meant to do this yesterday or maybe the day before, but I just didn't have time for it to get around to it or whatever. My weekend was fucking jam-packed. I'm really treating my weekends as if they're like, you know, weekends. I used to just kind of work every day. If there, were, you know, If it was a day that had a morning and a night, I would do something for Black Ink. And not saying that I didn't do anything for Black Ink, but I really kind of prioritize, you know, stuff for the house or stuff for myself or whatever into the weekends and then really leave the weeks open, like the weekdays open just to really execute things for Black Ink. It's a hard, like I've talked about it before, so I don't want to go on too much about it, but it is a hard task knowing when's a good time to be doing things for what parts of your life and also how to prioritize or justify these decisions that you make. And a lot of times in small business, you kind of get into the habit of just doing all the work you have to do for your business all the time so that you never feel guilty for not doing enough for your job. Or if it starts to fail, you don't want to be able to think like, oh, well, that Tuesday that I took off to fuck around or you know, that, that week, cause this is the thing like a week when, when you're in control of the discipline, when you're in control of the workflow and everything that's happening, a week can disappear so quickly. You know, like I, I literally spent last week, I think I took ownership of the screen printer. Oh, I've had my screen printer for a week today. How fun's that? Oh, and by the way, that's why I'm kind of like not talking with my full passion that I usually talk with is because Riz is still in bed and I don't want to be yelling too much and waking her up unnecessarily. But um, obviously took ownership of the screen printer last week. So the the whole week, like following that was literally just like, I, I know it sounds silly. And this is one of those things where like over the weekend, I kind of had to process what this was that I kind of felt like I lost a week that I didn't really move forward. I didn't like, uh, obviously I sold as many shirts as I sold during the week. It's, that's great. But the thing that I found was I was like, I didn't really move forward this week. And it forces me to have these conversations with myself internally going like, well, obviously some weeks you're going to have really good weeks as far as sales are concerned. Sometimes you're going to have really good weeks as far as like social media or being social in general is concerned or interaction is concerned or engagement is concerned. You're going to have great weeks where you get followers or where you get likes and where you get comments and all the rest. And then there's other weeks that are good in ways that I don't think it's that you have to search for the way that it's good. And I think it's more you have to understand how it's good. Because like what I got out of this week that just passed I me and I, even though it seems like everything kind of stood still, the work that I did is work that takes a long amount of time. You know, like there were two full days there that were just kind of cleaning and arranging things around this screen printer and like working out the ergonomics of how this is all going to work and adjusting things until I got to a point where it works. And I feel like sometimes, I'm not sure what this is called exactly, but when you don't let the idea of what something could be stop you from doing it. And like, <clears throat> I think it's easy, like for me, the it, the biggest example of that is like going to parties and stuff. I always get scared going to parties because I get worried about like, oh, this could be, this could turn out like this. You know what I mean? Like even yesterday, I didn't go to, a, you know, I won't go into that anyway. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like the thing about the screen printer is this is, and what it's teaching me so far is that just the idea of like how this is going to be set up and how this is going to work and right, here's going to be my workstation. I'm going to have this bench set up to the screen printer. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to work here. It's like I go through all of that kind of um, schematics in my mind of how I'm going to arrange things. And if I don't see a flow kind of like, oh, yeah, it's going to go from here to here to here to here. If I don't see that, then I have trouble executing it. Like if I don't see that plan in my mind, I have trouble laying it down. And I think one of the things that I took away from last week is, is like just being able to say, right, like what are the bare ingredients of what I'm trying of like the bare ingredients of what I'm trying to fucking execute here. So it's the screen printer, it's a table, you know, it's the squirty bottle, it's the gloves, it's the clothes that you're going to sprint on uh, the, the clothes that you're going to print on the inks and all that. And just kind of like accumulating them and just starting your work and letting the pieces kind of fall as they may. Like I, I must admit, I, I like to have a plan going into things. I like to know exactly how it's going to look going into it. But like last week, I guess I just had to kind of slowly learn that, you know, if you just start moving the pieces around, they'll kind of arrange themselves and you get to a point where you're just like, maybe it doesn't look the pretty, it's not the prettiest looking process, but as long as the result is what you're going for, you know, and man, stepping into the world of screen printing, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm so, uh, what would you call it? I'm so like 
I know exactly, like I'm looking at the goal all the time. Like I'm just looking at what needs to be done and doing it. But sometimes when I like remove myself and look at what I'm doing as a third party, I find find it like, you never want to say it about yourself because it sounds cocky, but I like, I'm I'm impressed with what I'm doing because it's like, oh, you just, I never aspired to be a screen printer or to own a screen printer or to manage all of the the kind of um, production of my stuff in-house. But when it became the next thing that my business had to do, it, it, it became so obviously the thing that like, okay, well, regardless of how you feel about the process, this is the next step you have to take. And it's like, cool, goes out and buys a screen printer, you know, start to learn the ins and outs of screen printing. And now I start to see a little bit more clearly in my mind that it's probably only six or eight weeks away. I'll be confidently screen printing things and not thinking about it and knowing all the little nuanced techniques and all the rest. And like a year's time from now, I'll just be a screen printer. That'll just be something that's in my resume. And I taught myself, well, I didn't teach myself. I really do need to give um, give credit where credit is due. The people who I bought the screen printer off gave me so much information. I mean, that's probably the the thing that I was really buying when it came to the screen printer. It wasn't just like a cut and dry thing where, you know, oh, yep, you know, you buy off our website or you go, you, you know, you buy it off Gumtree or you buy it off Facebook, you go get it, you deliver it, and that's the end of it. I mean, They've still, they they showed me how to operate the screen printer at their workshop and they're still offering when I do my first run of prints to come and help me do it at my house. So obviously it's not completely teaching myself but in the same way, um, you know, me being me sort of thing, like I've already, they said the first time you do printing at home, let us know. Well, I've done, you know, a session here already where I've just like had a few pulls and a few prints and see how it all works and it's just like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like obviously... There are, there are fuck-ups that you make that you're allowed to make when you first start anything, but it's like as, as long as you grab the, the bits of information that you need from these fuck-ups, make sure you don't do them again. It's like, well, they're not really fuck-ups. It's just a learning process. As long as you practice on something that doesn't matter, not things that you're going to sell. So I really do like give myself a fucking pat on the back for going like, you know what? You just like didn't even question it. You know, like it's a fair amount of money to spend as well. And it was just like, well, as soon as I get that money, I know what I'm spending it on a fucking screen printer. I need it for my business, you know? So, and also like, this is the thing, man, like, I feel like the thing that I wanted to talk about today is like this kind of preloaded information that we have in our brains versus the information that we seek out and we use and we educate ourselves with versus the information that we need to fucking operate life. And I think allow me to kind of deviate from this path of like talking about how good I am and all the shit that I've done with my business because that's a path I was going to go down. I don't think it's what I really want to talk about. I think when it comes to being a human, you know what? Let's full stop that last thing I was just talking about and let's talk about this new thing, okay? Thanks for agreeing with me. So when it comes to being a human, I think obviously we only have the information, you know, we're only as good as a story that we've been told as I like to say. We only have the information that we've been exposed to, we've been told and educated throughout our lives, right? And the problem is, is that we build up this kind of narrative, I guess, this narrative around our whole experience and our whole lot and our whole life and how we've experienced things and what we've learned along the way. We build a character and basically we make this character of who we are, the main character of our stories, which is this narrative that we're telling ourselves. And I feel like we get to a certain point where the neuroplasticity of our mind slows down or stops or whatever, you know, gets to a certain point where you feel like you've got enough information to kind of march forward into adulthood, you know? You kind of get to like maybe early mid-20s and you're like, okay, I'm starting to get a grasp on things and you start to define who you are and you start to like build these ideas of like the sort of person that you are and how you fit into the world. And I think, I think, I think, when I look at what's going on, like, this, this whole lifestyle that we're living in a modern, you know, 2021, almost 2022, and what it means to be like a 20-something-year-old in this time, and like trying to relay, see, this is the thing, I hear all the stories that my parents and my aunties and my uncles tell me, people that I can trust in my life, people that are not going to lie to me about the past. I listen to the stories that they tell me about their past, and then I listen to the stories that people my age tell me about their past, and I get a better understanding about humans talking about their past before I tried to draw a picture of what the past actually looked like, right? And when I'm thinking about what the past looked like, I try and like, uh, I, I seem to have this ability, I don't know whether th- this gives me, um, I seem to have this ability to like 
look at the elements of life that make up these kind of, you know, packs of information that we use to, to live our life, right? And usually it's simplified into really simple things. It's like what you eat, what you do, who you hang out with, you know, like relationships in general, the job that you have, you know what I mean? There's this pretty fundamental parts of life that seem to be categorized really easy. And I feel like the thing that I have uh, different from, or the experience that my generation is having different from my parents' generation is the fundamentals are completely reprioritized. And unfortunately, there seems to be like before, where say if there was four fundamentals for say my dad living his life when he was 20 something years old, there was four fundamentals and they all shared the same amount of importance in his life. He gave the same amount of importance to his job as he did his relationships, as he did his home life, as he did his hobbies, right? And I feel like the thing about the modern, I feel like I'm whispering a loud voice, by the way, so that I don't wake up, Riz. If you're noticing that, I'm really sorry. If you're enjoying it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Anyway, so I feel like these categories that you know my parents seem to fit all their life into allowed them to get to a certain point where if they had wins or losses in their life, they could completely equiv- equivalate it. Is that the word? They could they could align it with how much time and energy they're spending in these categories in their life, right? And I know this seems a bit fucking far out thinking at the moment, and I'm not sure I even have a full idea of what I'm talking about, but I do see something in my mind where this all makes sense. And the <clears throat> so when I look at how these like groups of information were kind of compiled for the generation before me and how we compile it as a generation that I'm living in right now, I find that these factors that my parents never had are the things that are completely, I don't, I don't know whether they're distorting us, I don't know whether, they, whether they're fucking taking us off the right track or I don't know whether, you know, like the two things in life that you can't ever escape are death and taxes. And I think, wait, Let's say three things because it didn't even touch on the thing that I was going to make a point of. I'm sorry, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking trying to get by here. So it's death, taxes and change. And one thing that I do always try to take into account when I look around is that to be a good businessman, you really need to be able to adapt very quickly. You need to be able to like make, you need to be able to make the change that you need to make and you need to be able to see the change that's coming and make adaptations so that you can best put put yourself in the best possible position for when that change comes. And the thing about change is, is it happens so small. It's like a small, small baby change happens every minute of your life. And you don't realize it until one day you have that retrospective ability where you look at something and you go, that always used to be a particular way. Now it isn't, you know? And the thing about all these little micro changes from say my dad being a 28 year old man to me being a 28 year old man, I feel like a lot of the changes that we don't see but are super important are changes to the amount of energy, effort and time we give to these fundamental categories of our life. Let me give you an example. I feel like relationships these days have taken a real fucking shot. I feel like the idea of what a relationship is versus what a relationship actually is, like what a relationship or what a courtship between two people means to those people and what it means to other people. You know, I feel like nowadays, whether it be because of the like apps, like what what would you call it? Like everybody watching movies and TV shows all the time and everyone being surrounded by these faux narratives that other creative minds have come up with and put together absolutely beautifully and displayed to you in front of you on your television and beautiful high definition and all these colors and the exact right amount of time and using these beautiful actors and all the rest because of that. I think we have, just focusing on relationships, I think we have a really fucking weird idea of what a relationship is these days. And I think instead of trying to build a relationship with people, we try to build these, um, what would you call it? Advanced aesthetic friendships. I think we spend more time building something that looks like a relationship with the person that we love or that you know we're in a relationship with so that other people will identify us as together, you know? And obviously, like you add in the, you know, sprinkling some exposure to social media and, you know, how that's all fucking, I mean, I feel like social media has changed what relationships are five times just in the past fucking five years. You know, like those people, I mean, we were even talking about it yesterday. A friend, a friend and I were talking like just going out for lunch 
and the expectation that like one of you is going to put up if you go out for lunch with your partner it's like it's not that there's an expectation but there is definitely something in the air of like when the food comes out and it's all looking pretty i mean half the restaurants you go to these days make food that's attractive so that when you take a picture and put it on instagram and tag them it entices other people to come to that place and eat food but when you look at the relationship side of things it's like when that food comes out um the, the bloke that i was having a chat with yesterday he was explaining you know like it was weird where it's it's weird when you know, there's this like, oh, are you going to take an Instagram photo or am I going to take an Instagram photo? And sometimes she takes an Instagram photo and expects you to take an Instagram photo as well. And then the third, poor third party person who like follows both of you and realize like, oh, these guys are definitely at such and such. They both posted a photo and one of them even has the other one in the background on their phone. You know what I mean? So it's like just how social media changes our behavior and changes these weird expectations within the relationship that just purely never existed before. You know what I mean? Imagine me telling, traveling back in time and telling my dad, like, you're not going to believe this, but by the time I'm your age, we're going to have phones and we're going to be pretty much like forced to take photos of our food and tell everyone about it by our partners purely because that's like the societal norm now. You know, it's just such a weird thing to imagine. It's so weird. It's it's as weird as me imagining my dad sitting down with my mum and having a dinner when they were having like dinner when they were my age and not doing that. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes like you just, I feel like I see people at restaurants. I'll I'll see couples at restaurants and not that I go to restaurants very much, but when I do, this is a pretty common thing that I see and you probably see it as well. You know, they sit down and they, they do that thing where they talk and they have that moment where it's like, you know, like, look, we're talking, we're not on our phone. And then they get their phone out and it's just, you know, one does it. So the other one has permission to do it sort of thing. And then they'll be on their phone. It was only going to be for a minute. But now it's been five minutes and they're accidentally dragged into the fucking, into the scroll. So they're there for the scroll now. And then something comes out and it will break their interest. And all of a sudden it's like, yep, of course, I'm going to put my phone down. The other one puts their phone down and the drinks come out, say, and they start drinking their drinks. It's just like, hey, I know this sounds super gay, but why don't you fucking put your phone somewhere, put both your phones in her bag or put both your phones on the floor or just something, just where you can't be distracted by them. And bro, just hold her hand and look her in the eye. Like, just do it. Just do it. You know what I mean? Just hold her hand and look her in the eye. And the crazy part is there'll be people listening to this podcast right now getting uncomfortable at that thought. What the fuck are you doing in a relationship if you can't do that? You know? Like, actually give yourself an opportunity, a chance to have a moment with this person. And maybe you're her. Maybe you're not him. Grab his hand and look him in the eye. And say how you feel. Practice talking about how you feel. Practice talking about your emotions. Practice not being on your phone. You know what I mean? The reason that all this has come about is because, and I don't want to get too much into it, but basically, like, I found all my friends have been fucking breaking up at the moment, right? And, you know, the bigger reason, I don't know. Maybe the world isn't, maybe the world is fucking burning metaphorically at the moment. I think there's so many stresses and so many factors in today's life and the way the media just keeps us fucking scared all the time that maybe people can't handle even the thing that is meant to keep them together the most being the relationship, you know, but all of my friends seem to be breaking up or having these weird troubles. And then when you find out after the fact, how, what the, what the, what the internals of what people's relationship look like before they broke up, you realize that a lot of them look the same. They look really unhealthy. They look dirty. You know, there's a lot of people not enjoying themselves. There's a lot of people missing like the fucking, basics and essentials of being in a relationship with someone like I'm in a relationship with Larissa because I love spending every day with her you know like we we hung out so much at the start and like for anyone who doesn't know uh, Larissa and I's relationship it's been I mean I don't we still haven't asked each other out like I haven't asked her to be my girlfriend she hasn't asked me to be my boyfriend we just like for the longest time wanted to agree that we did it for the sake of each other and not for the sake of having a relationship not for the sake of having some fucking Facebook status or, you know, having someone in your bio or having photos with someone all the time on Instagram. It's like, no, no, no. I want to spend time with you because I like spending time with you. You know, like I feel like the absolute bottom dollar, the foundation of everything that we're doing should be that if you and I are in a dark room, just you and I forever, we could stay in that dark room locked up as long as we have each other. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, I don't want to have this person in my life so I can impress other people that I don't know with this person that I have in my life all the time. You know, it's like kind of, it's going the ass end about doing anything. And I feel like the problem that 
the like the thing that the catalyst for all of this happening is people having an assumption of who they're in a relationship with and people having an assumption of what the future is going to look like and working towards that assumed future with this person they assume is a person they think it is and not getting the result they want and then having resentment for that person that they did it with. I feel like at a basis, people don't, make, don't take a full responsibility for the decisions that they're making and realizing what those decisions mean. And I think a lot of people don't invest time in the person that they're meant to be in love with. They don't spend time being enamored by that person. They spend too much time saying, I love you, telling them how they feel when they're around that person, but they don't spend any time being around that person, seeing how they feel. Fuck, man. I need to record more podcasts at three o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking sharp for some reason. I can't use a loud voice and I feel like I'm foggy, but this shit's coming out nice. It's good. Mm. I just get... Oh, look at that. It's a seed. I wonder what sort of seed that is. But yeah, I just get fucking... Something about hearing these things where, and like one of the biggest things, I just, obviously like I've, I've had some experiences over the weekend where I've been um, talking with people who have, you know, been in these kind of rocky parts of their life as far as, you know, ending relationships or being in interesting circumstances with the people that they love. And I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. And the last thing I wanted to the people that I was talking to, any one of them to listen to this and go like, oh, he's talking about me, which is... You know, in reality, I say a lot of wild shit on here. A lot of it's for entertainment. And man, I'm not trying to fucking hurt anyone's feelings. You know what I mean? I'm really not. I'm, realistically, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I just want to fucking record a podcast, get my thoughts out. If I've got something interesting for you, I hope it lands sort of thing. But I don't want anyone to feel like I'm individually talking about them. So if you are listening to this, whoever I caught up with on the weekend, don't feel fucking, don't feel like I'm attacking you. I'm just exploring this idea. But without getting too specific, the person that I was talking to is someone who participates in the fly and fly out lifestyle. And obviously, like, you know, the first thing that you go to is they go, they make a lot of money. It's like, well, that's cool. You know, making a lot of money is cool. There is no if, buts, ands, maybes. If you make a lot of money, you got a big dick. That's how it works. You make a lot of money, you can make decisions. That's what money gives you is this ability to make decisions. And it gives you this ability to enjoy life in a way that seems so like, accessible and appropriate for how we're living now you know you spend two weeks looking on your phone of all these all these people doing cool shit on their you know all these people doing cool shit in general on social media you know they bought a new jet ski or they're out doing four wheel driving or they're enjoying the weather up north they're doing this they're doing that and you come home for your week off you know you got paid six grand yesterday and you're like well now it's my turn to go out and get some of that fun shit that they're all doing you know so we're all in this like invisible race with each other you know, I'm not, but you know, being fly and fly out, you're kind of in this race of like, who can spend their money the flashiest or whatever. And like, then you get, <clears throat> yeah. And the thing that I find about fly and fly out is like, I, I get that the money's good and I get that the lifestyle is something you can adapt to because humans can adapt to anything. I'm adapting to learning how to screen print. You know, I've had to adapt how to, into how to be a, a business owner, a small business owner. I had to adapt into someone who enjoys waking up early so that I can go and post shit on Instagram and Facebook and all the rest. I don't know what you're thinking. That's soft cock work, but it's work nonetheless. I've done fly and fly out. I've done week on, week off. It completely tortured the relationship that I was in at the time and ultimately was part of the reason that it ended. But that, I'm not saying that that's the only outcome for any anyone doing fly and fly out. Obviously, there are people who can manage themselves really well. But I think the thing when it comes to fly and fly out is you need two really responsible people. You need two people that are pure, right? You need two people that do the right thing because that's who they are, not because it's the right thing to do, right? The thing that I find with people who do fly and fly out is they seem to be missing this piece of information that's really important. You need to hang out with the person that you're into. Now, let me use myself as, as an example before I fucking... I still feel like I'm throwing someone under the bus and I'm really not. I'm just sharing my opinion on this whole ideology of like living like that and working like that and having that lifestyle of like being with someone. So Larissa and I lived in a caravan together without jobs for over a year, right? So we definitely lived in a caravan to get together for longer than that. But that's the period of time that we lived in a caravan where we didn't have anything to do but hang out with each other. We had saved our money so that we could do things together. We could, you know, go and buy coffee in the mornings or the idea was we we're meant to travel and we could do things, you know, if you got to a zoo or a fucking holiday park or a tourist attraction or something that cost money, we had the money to go and do it. The thing that I found was like, obviously because of Corona, we couldn't travel too far. We ended up living in Mandra for 
a period of time, you know, whatever. But the thing was like, we would wake up every morning together. We would spend the morning together. We would spend the afternoon together. We'd spend the evening together. You go to sleep together and then you'd wake up and you do it all again. It was like being in a prison cell with someone in a good way, you know, obviously like we had our own little hobbies and we did our own things, but essentially most of the time, like our hobbies would be like, oh, you know, you know, we'll do some arts and craft and her hobbies, her hobbies would be like, a more accurate example would be like, oh, we're going to, you know, spend the afternoon doing what we like doing. And I might go fucking practice doing wheelies on my push bike for an hour and she might do a Sudoku. And then I'd come back and hang out with her and play with the puppy and do all the rest. And it's like, the thing that I didn't realize at the time was like, that was a serious pressure test. What was happening was, and like, actually the one of the more interesting parts about uh, that time that we spent together is it actually like, obviously in a year, we passed through summer. And living in a caravan with an air conditioner and where we were living, oh, it's almost a podcast of its own fucking explaining where we were living in Mandra, but and, and man, it gives me chest pains thinking about it, to be honest, like the fucking where, you know, like in a caravan, you've got one power cord that goes to it, you know, it goes from the power to your caravan and that gives your caravan power. And it was like, you know, between 35 and 40 degrees on any given day during summer. And in, in the caravan, obviously like that amps up a little bit. So you've got the air con on flat out, you've got fans going, all the rest. And power just used to trip out like anywhere from once a day to five times a day, every single day, every single fucking day. And just for fucking pathetic reasons as well. Like it would just be like you would go there and the person who we were living with just had like 15 things plugged into like one, one PowerPoint, you know, power board to power board and had all this stupid shit toasters and air fryers and electric scooter chargers and a phone charger and obviously my power coming out of there and somehow my power never got prioritized it's like hey that's my whole house can we not fucking can we make sure that never comes out because i always need power because it's hot and the air con and shit anyway point i was making was i got really like i don't handle the heat at well i'm really sensitive to heat and sound fucking gayest thing i've ever said was just then i'm really sensitive to heat and sound but (laughs) cancel me but um, <clears throat> it's uh, it was one of those things where I went through. I would I would actually go as far as saying it was a rough patch in myself where I was dealing with some stuff. I was quitting nicotine, and I was also fucking just hot all the time. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where I'd be sitting there in short shorts, no shoes, no singlet, nothing, with fucking the aircon on and like cool cool thing on my head so that I get the breeze coming past and all the rest and it would still just fucking drive me absolutely bananas, you know? And I felt like some of, if not all of this aggression in one way or another would get taken out on Larissa, whether it be saying things that I don't mean, you know, being verbal in a way that I shouldn't be verbal or whether it was in my actions where I'd stomp around and fucking all the rest, you know, that bullshit stuff you like to do when you're in a mood and you think that it's all worth it at the time. But the big thing I took away from that is like, for me, and as much as I don't want to say like I tested Larissa like I did, I, I unknowingly tested Larissa with these bullshit um, behaviors that I had. But at the end of the day, like, I know she's solid. I know she's right or die. You know, like, and obviously we had months and months of having great times during winter and all the rest. And when I talk about these shitty times I'm talking about in summer, like, mind you, it's 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, an hour a day at most. And hopefully it wasn't every day, but it was, you know, like... Still, the amount of time that was good versus bad. This is a point that I'm making. We still had so much good time. We also had a you know a significant enough amount of bad time for me to know that like she is right or die. She's here for the good times. She's here for the bad times. When things turn dark, she has more interest in helping me out than she does going like, well, that's your problem. I'll see you later. Deal with it yourself. Come back and talk to me when you've sorted your shit out. And then when the when the times are good, it's like she was the sort of person where she would do nothing but add to those good times. If the time was good, she made it great. You know, and the thing that I took away from having this like unadulted, you know, year of just backwards and forwards communication of just constantly learning about each other and figuring as much as you can out. I feel like that year for us was like five years of what our parents got because like time is so much more. I feel like time is so much more loaded now. You know what I mean? Like to spend a year with someone now is kind of like, and especially in this this situation where like we're on lockdown, you have social media accessible, you have all these kind of like 
bullshit ideas about what relationships should be because of movies and because you're friends and because of all the rest. And it's like having that like accelerated time in each other's pocket and also in our 20s when we're still learning about ourselves and having that communication ability where like we can describe what we're going through along the way and instead of it being a thing of like, I don't know, instead of it being, how do I explain it? It's like everything's just adding into this you know, kind of like building that we're building together and we're both contributing the same amount of things to this building. And then after that time, you kind of, and like, don't get me wrong, I would love to be able to do that forever. And the thing that I find amazing about Larissa is I feel like I could do that forever with her. And that's why like, obviously marching forward into this like courtship that we have where it's her and I, it's like, it's so easy to continue marching forward, you know? And as I say to like, as I say to my friends, when they, when you know, when I talk about the sort of relationship that I have, it's like the relationship that I have makes no temptation worth it, you know, and like that's essentially what all this is about, you know. It's like being able to like know exactly the path that you're on, and not have a question as to why you're on that path or whether you want to get off it. And that's where I'm at. I'm on this path. I have her by my side, and it's all good. And when I ask myself, where does that come from? I feel like it comes from a place of like we didn't force saying I love you onto each other. We didn't force getting into a relationship. We didn't force like going like, right, this is who we are as a, as a couple. This is who we are as a team. We spent so much time just realizing like, right, do I like spending time with this person? And if I do like spending time with this person, let's test it. Let's test it. Let's test it. Let's test it. And of course, we did the, the thing that you do when you first meet someone and you literally don't spend any time apart for the first fucking... It can go anywhere from like a day to six months. I think we got about you know, three months in and just like, okay, we've spent so much time together. We might as well just start living at whatever house we're going to live in. And, you know, that turned into what it was. And you kind of, you know, you have to have that first year of, I feel like almost living out of a bag where you respect, respect each other's space, but at the same time you want to be in it. You know, I feel like that's a really fun part of a modern relationship where you kind of have that thing where you could be living at home, you could be sleeping in your bed, but you'd rather sleep in their bed. So you do the bullshit things like having two toothbrushes and having a set of shit at their place and a set of shit at your place and taking a bag with you so that you can go to work after you hang out with them so you don't have to go home. All that sort of bullshit, you know? And like, I guess that stuff is as as important as, as that year that we spent together. But I think the really important part is that year is like having that completely just like, unadulted time with each other where you really just I don't want to say get to know each other because it's too simple I feel like you get to know each other's shitty and best parts and you make the choice like do you like it or do you not and then I can tell like people who get in a relationship where they're doing fly and fly out and they maintain a relationship where they're doing fly and fly out now I don't want to taint any ideas of like for me the fly and fly out experience for me, the shift work experience, like not even fly and fly out, even when I was just driving trucks doing four days, four nights, four off, every time that I'm not home, especially during the nighttime, because of the experience that I have, like I feel like they're just fucking someone else. Like it's that simple. It's that simple. And like, I'm not saying that even the people that I talked to on the weekend, like that is not at all what I'm talking about. But like for me personally, when I think about fly and fly out, the first thing that I think is like when you're not there, what do you honestly think is happening? What do you honestly think is happening? And like, I say this not because I'm a fucking deviant and, and it's because like what I did or what I would do or even what was done to me. I say this because I'm a human and because I know the flaws that I have as a human and I think I'm a pretty good person. So I'd hate to know what a bad person does, thinks, executes. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're away for two weeks at a time, Man, you can't even fucking blame someone for wanting to look look over the fence. The two weeks is a fucking long time. Two, if I had to go two weeks without my dog, it would fucking kill me, let alone two weeks without Larissa. It's just one of those, like, <clears throat> sensibly. I mean, let's talk about the shit I was talking about before. If, if I spent a year with Larissa and I feel like I kind of like, you know what, this is someone who I do want to invest, you know... I feel like these people say, I want to spend my whole life with them. It's like, just fucking chill out, brother. How about the next year? How about the next six months? You know what I mean? Like getting married when you've known someone for fucking even two years is bizarre to me. Like you don't know this person. You barely know who you are. And now you're making a commitment under God to this person forever. Honestly, let go. Let go of it. You know what I'm talking about? Let go. So the thing with like flying flat, I mean, let's say you've been with someone for a year, right? And you met them. Uh, you know, you're doing two and ones 
you've known him for a year, you're still doing two and ones. That means that you've spent like 66% of the time that you've spent with this person away from them. And as much as you can talk on the phone and do FaceTime and all the rest, and like I'm completely getting rid of the idea that they might be fucking someone else as well. That's don't don't even worry about that. How well can you possibly know that person? And like even though you're making the money to build the future that you want, how can you know who that is, what's going on, what they're into, what they enjoy? And how much of that information is valid when you come home for that week and you're doing these supposed things that you both enjoy and having these experience and experiences and moments together? How much of it is just this faux idea of what you should be doing together versus what you actually want to be doing together, which is information that you get after so much time together. You have that feedback organically saved up because you're like, oh, I actually know that when we go out for lunch, uh, you know, fill in the blank, you know, or I know when we spend time together doing exercise, fill in the blank. You know, or when we execute our hobbies together at the same time, fill in the blank. You know, it's like all these things that come from like maybe another way to explain it is I feel like when you have that uninterrupted time together, you do heaps of practicing for the relationship so that later on you're not practicing, you're doing the relationship. Like I feel like now with Larissa, we're doing it because we've spent so much time practicing and part of doing it is practicing on occasion. You know, it's like, do you want to go try this? Do you want to try this new thing or do you want to you know, try this new exercise or hobby, or even if it's a new food or this new dining experience, what that's all practice, you know what I mean? And I feel like the problem with, you know, and obviously we're using fly and fly out as a model. I think this model relates to a lot of people in shitty relationships that might, you know, they both live in town, they both, you know, have normal jobs where they drive to and from their jobs and they have a house together and all the rest. Like even then, if you're working nine to five, Monday to Friday, and then on Saturday doing half a day, and your partner's doing, let's say your partner's doing the exact same thing. So Every day, you have until 8 o'clock in the morning to do whatever you want with that person. And then after work, you've got from 5.30 onwards to do whatever you want with that person. And then on Saturday, you've got the afternoon. Then on Sunday, you've got all day to do that shit, whatever you want together and spend the leftover money that you've got from your pay together. And that's the essence of your relationship is that time that you get together. How much, like when you think about it, how many hours are in a week, right? And then you take out all the hours that you work and then you take out all the hours that you sleep and then you take out the hours that you have for yourself and that's how much time you've got left for your relationship. And I wonder how much execution can you do? How much practice can you get in to get it right? And then when you're in the part where you've got the practice out of the way and you're just doing the relationship, how accurately can you be doing what each other anticipates that relationship is if you haven't spent a year in a caravan getting to know each other, you know, or whatever that is to you? You know, how can you know what the fuck is going on, who that person is, what makes them tick, what makes you tick if you haven't got like that kind of fundamental idea of what it, what's going on, who they are, you know, if you haven't already got that down pat, makes me wonder, you know. So then, oh fuck. What, yeah. It just makes me think that People have an unrealistic expectation of themselves and these people that they're supposedly in love with. And furthermore, it makes me wonder what the future is going to be. Because now I'm starting to see all these relationships implode. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, it's because you don't know who you're dating, you know? <clears throat> and I know this is, this is a shitty part. I know the human experience. And, so, and like, the reality is, is like, I've had a normal job. I've had a fly and fly out job. I've worked shift work. I've had enough. I would call them like semi-serious or serious relationships where I can see like, and this is the thing, like having those relationships, having them go sour, having people leave me, me leave people, whatever it is, having really fun relationships, having really shitty relationships. I think the thing to find, I know it sounds like I've had heaps of relationships. That's not necessarily the case. I've had a few and you get all the different elements and you look at them retrospectively and you go like, right, where did I go right? Where did I go wrong? How do I change my actions so in the future I get the result that I want to get? You know what I mean? And the thing that I find when I, and, I, and like I'm 28, man, I'm fucking, I'm coming in with 28 years experience and, and, you know, half a sensible mind on my shoulders, I fucking hope. And the thing that I see with these people that are failing around me or their relationships that are failing around me is these really obvious things where it's like, you don't know each other. You know, that's what the basis of all this is. You haven't spent enough time enamored by that person and letting the nuances that is their character just overwhelm you and become in love with that you know what I mean like if I use like you know when you get a puppy 
and like everybody watches everything that the puppy does and the puppy yawns and everyone's like, oh, he yawned just like a human, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, like the puppy walks around and looks kind of sleepy and you're like, oh, look, he's looking kind of sleepy, like a human look sort of thing. And everyone's like overwhelmed by these tiny little parts of the puppy. But I mean, the puppy is just doing a puppy and doing, you know, being a puppy and doing puppy things. So you kind of, you forget that it's a puppy. And of course, a puppy yawns and looks sleepy because... They sleep and they're dogs, you know what I mean? Like, of course. Then all of a sudden, these tiny little bits all add up into this massive bag of things that you love about this dog. I love being around her because she does this and she does that. And it's like, that's how it should be with your partner. You know what I mean? Like, when she walks out and she's all like sleepy and all the rest, she should be like, oh, look at you all sleepy. You know what I mean? Come here, let me give you a kiss because you know what they look like sleepy. And you know you know what she looks like when she's happy and vibrant and all the rest. And right now she's not happy and vibrant. She's all sleepy and she looks kind of grumpy. And it's like, that's the part that should be so fucking exciting to you. That's your partner. That's your person. That's who you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You know what I mean? If the fucking morning breath pisses you off, you know what the secret is? They're not for you, bro. <laughs> That's what this is. If their morning breath isn't the best part of your fucking day, you know, up until that point, obviously it gets better. There's better things in your partner's morning breath. But the first thing in the morning, if that person's morning breath doesn't fucking tick your box, then that says heaps. It says you're not in it. It says you don't know who this person is. And I'm not saying you should enjoy the smell. I'm saying that you should love the smell because it came from them. You know? Does that make sense? I'm a guy talking to himself and he's fucking in his house at the moment. I don't know if this makes sense at all. It's fucking four o'clock or something. You know, I think <clears throat> life is just weird now, unfortunately. Life is weird because people will listen to this and probably think I'm right and still do nothing about it. You know, I feel like it's so easy because we have so much information coming all the time at us from all different angles about all different things. It's so easy to forget the things that are really important. I feel like it's only because I have a business and I have time and I have the ability to like retrospectively look at the things that I do and assess what I'm doing in a world of my own that has no fucking, it has no superior. You know what I mean? It has no like delegation of what I should be doing or prioritization of the tasks that I need to complete. All it is, is me walking around the house during my day trying to figure shit out. And I feel like when I say trying to figure shit out, whether it be for black ink, whether it be for the house, the relationship, the podcast, whatever it might be. I feel like I have a little bit more clarity when it comes to this ability to being able to say like, this is things that I need to get done or these are things that I need to focus on or this is what I would like to get better at. But even then, like I'm flustered, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have time to think about all the things that I want to think about. I don't have time to do all the things that I want to do. But what scares me more is people who are just in the rhythm in the rhythm of being a 2021 fucking person, you know, they have their job, the job's all right, they don't question it too much, they have their income, it's not as much as they want to make, but they have an income, they eat their food, they don't particularly like it, or they would like to eat other stuff, but they continue eating the same shit, they have their debt that they don't do anything about, they have these aspirations that they know they're never going to meet, and they're in relationships they don't particularly enjoy, that's what worries me, it doesn't worry me on the individual level, it worries me on a societal level, because you look around and you see couples that aren't into each other, but they pretend like they are for the sake of other people thinking that they are. They don't do it because they want a better life for themselves or they know that it's lovely to be in a beautiful, loving relationship. They do it because they would hate for people to think that they're not in that relationship. You know? For what? For what? Where along the way did your comfort get better than the reality of like having a beautiful life? When? And... That's the thing. That's the reality of what this is. A lot of people just stay in comfort. You know, they say they're in love with someone they're not. They're in comfort with them. They go, it's easier to stay here and be with you than what it is to pull out of it and uproot my entire life. For what? Good sex? Most of the time, it's not even good sex. You know why it's not good sex? Because you don't know each other. You You don't know what makes each other's toes really fucking curl. You'd hate to know what they think about when they masturbate, right? Ooh, ooh, touched the live wire there, didn't we? <laughs> That's living, Barry. <laughs> Shit, dude. Shit, dude. I could do a whole podcast just on that. That's a fucking topic and a half, dude. Anyway, I want to do a loud clap then, but respectfully, Larissa sleeping, you know what I mean? It's what happens when you're in love with someone. You get so goddamn considerate, you know? Anyway, so those limited... um 
gonna break that off. I'm at fucking 44 minutes. I'm gonna talk about a little bit of black ink stuff. I'm gonna fucking let you get on with your day. I hope it's a beautiful Monday, by the way. I hope you're listening to this like literally an hour after I record it. That's just fucking perfect. You've taken all this information that I've just conjured from the fucking infinite intelligence I put into a digital form and now you're listening to it. Entering your Monday like the fucking warrior that you are, huh? Look at you go. Look at you go. I love that. So last week I sold all of those 20 first release tees. Now, here's something I'm going to brag about, right? I'm going to brag about it. If you're sitting down, that's great. If you're not sitting down, sit down. I sold 15 of those fucking... Let me say what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about those first official 20 hand-printed tees that Black Ink is ever doing, right? So it's the OPT, which is the original print. It's the that standard logo that you see on everything. Of course, I don't have one with me, but it's the OPT, and the first 20 that I print are going to be official. They're going to come with a little fucking official card. They're going to have the consecutive print number inside the T, so you can prove that you got one of the first 20 ones. Um, and yeah, basically, I sold 15 of them straight away. It's, uh, in the first 24 hours, I sold 15 of them now. Normally, my marketing strategy is to directly talk to people and give them the offer, give them the VIP link, give them the discount, whatever it might be. This marketing was purely just chucking it up on my story, chucking it up on Facebook, chucking it on a post on Instagram and saying like, here's what I'm doing. It's yours. You let me know if you want it or not. It's there. Go buy it. And even like the call to action was a little bit like shaky. Like it was just like a product link in the story. And like, even in the post on Instagram, it was just like, here's what I'm doing. Go to my website to find it sort of deal. And like tagged it in the post. And even on Facebook, like I just put a link to the, to the actual product on my website on Facebook. So I wouldn't say it was difficult to find, but the thing with most people is when it comes to the internet, they're fucking retarded and they can't think back to the last time they bought something online and apply the shit that I learned to that, knowing that like basically we're all just web stores that use the same payment methods and all the rest. I'm not saying my customers are retarded. I'm just saying the people who struggle to buy with me are retarded because everything's fairly straightforward. You know what I mean? Like, did you know if there's something that you want to buy off a website and you can't find it on the website, every website has a search feature and you just type in what it is and then it pops up and then you open it, you know? I'm not saying that I expect that of my customers, but I definitely made this like the top thing that is on my website. So if you heard about it and you're like, right, where's the one place that I can get it on the website? Cool, they go to the website, it's right there. Most people can't even put that connection together. Anyway, I've got way off the point. The point that I was making there was that like, most people like they'll look at something and go like, oh fuck, I wonder how to get this. And then they, they message me and they're like, oh, hey man, can I get this tea? And it's like, yeah, man, go on my website and buy it. Like, what are you messaging me for? I, I asked myself like, are they messaging me because they think like, like we're tight enough that they just tell me they want it and then I fucking do it for them? Or are they saying that because they literally don't know you can go onto a website and buy things? You know, like I'm not calling people retarded because I'm being a cunt. It's just like, no, no, no. I just spend all my time trying to make it such a seamless, beautiful process for the customer to go and buy these things that I'm curating is the word I'm going for. That, you know, I make it so fucking almost effortless to buy things off me and yet they still take a little bit more difficult route and message me about it it's like all good obviously like my job is messaging people back so i'm not at all upset i just get like how do so many people have this problem in 2021 you know what i mean but anyway the point that i was making was a call to action wasn't even that fucking you know easy to get to but i still sold those first 15 and then i'm talking to my buddy that i've gone to school that i went to school with in year 11 right and I was talking to him, I was like, hey man, I'm not sure if you, because he doesn't have social media, you know what I mean? He's one of those dudes that just fucking, no social media, he just, you know, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain him. He's surprisingly like one of my fucking all-time best friends and like kind of snuck under the radar for years and years, you know what I mean? Just one of those people where you turn around and you're like, wow, I, I actually can't fault this person at all, not one bit, not one fucking bit can I fault this person, that's a real friend, you know? Anyway. He doesn't have any social media. So I call him up. I'm like, we're talking. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I've got these teas. And he's like, man, I listen to your podcast. Of course, I fucking know what these teas are. And I said, all right, buddy, chill out. All right. I didn't say that. <laughs> but um, I said, look, did you want one of them? He goes, I want I want whatever you've got left. And I was like, bro, there's fucking five left. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take them all. And I start laughing. He's like, no, 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 I'll take them. I'll take them. I was like, really? He goes, man, I've got as much faith in black ink as you do that this is going to be something one day and i'm going to have five of those teas five of the original hand printed teas from black ink 
and it was weird you know it was weird in the fucking most beautiful way because to myself like I completely understand that like in a way I'm like why doesn't someone buy all 20 of them in like you know just get 20 there's five different sizes get four of each size and just hold on to them you know what I mean a thousand bucks 50 times 20 is a thousand bucks I know a thousand bucks is right now but to me it makes sense because I'm obviously betting everything that I'm worth on black ink that's what it takes to be in business is betting everything that you know betting everything that you're worth and if you don't do that and you fail I feel like you've only got yourself to blame it's like well you didn't put your neck to the breeze you didn't fly close to the sun what sort of results did you want doing this shit on the weekends quit your job do it every day live hand to mouth have no money know what all this shit's about so that when you do really well you know that every single part of it was because you did what you did so as far as I'm concerned betting the house on this idea is a given for me but when someone else bets their house on it when he says like fuck yeah I'll invest $250 into this idea and the only thing that I get in return is five versions of the same shirt and the same size rah, rah, rah. I get it but it's so flattering that I fucking don't get it if that makes sense you know what I mean I feel like, I don't know, it's an unrelatable thing that I'm saying because obviously it's it's so alien to, to what people do. But point of the story is all 20 of those are gone. And the greater point of the story is if you get fucking a year down the track and realize what I'm saying is true, or maybe you're watching this a year down the track and you're like, fuck, I wonder who the dude with five tops is because those tops would definitely be worth a little bit more than 50 bucks each now. Shit. I wonder if I can get one of the original NFTs. Shit, I wonder if I can get one of the original law tees. It's like, man, yeah, I just feel fucking, I feel lucky to have a friend that sees that, that sees that. I think the thing that I appreciate most about him and what he sees is he sees my faith. He doesn't see the work that I'm doing or he doesn't see the results that are coming out of it. He just like, I feel like he, he like, you know, he, he lets me he lets me be unapologetic with my ideas. He lets me be passionate and he sees it and he kind of like wants to be there for it. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Dude, I started this fucking conversation without even knowing the point that I was going to make. I don't mean the whole podcast. I mean, just that last bit talking about those teas. But the point, oh no, that's right. The point is that they're all fucking sold, right? So I'm seven minutes over time. We may as well run with the fucking baton now, but yeah, the thing about um, selling those was it it allowed me to make my first order with my wholesaler because it meant that like I knew what I was purchasing. I also bought, I got obviously I got those 20 tees and I got some backups just in case I fuck up the prints and I got some hoodies and I got some muscle tees. I got some super cool um, different types of t-shirts as far as like the finish on them. I've got some uh, other shirts to experiment with that are like going to replace the shirts that I'm using now. They're essentially the same shirt. They've just got a little bit different neck and a little bit different top kind of shape. They're a little bit more box shoulder. So I'm now super fucking excited. You know, obviously like you're excited every step of the way, but now it's starting to get real because I'm going to have like the screen printer, the inks and the shirts to print on. So it's just a case of like putting it all together, getting good at the skill of it. And then I'm officially producing some of my own stuff, you know, but Look, you're going to hear all about this in the week coming up. You're going to hear all about all about this in the years that fucking go by recording this podcast. It's cool keeping this kind of little personal video video journal with myself. So, look, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you haven't already done all the bullshit with social media, you know, like, follow, subscribe. Oh, I hit fucking 50 subscribers as well. It's cool. I sit on 49 subscribers for like three weeks and I hit 50. How cool is that? That's fun. But uh, it'd be cool if I had like 100,000, you know, but I've got 50. It's all good. It's all good. We'll get there. <laughs> but actually, I think because um, I got like 50 subscribers on YouTube, I'm about to hit 1500 on Instagram. And um, yeah, Facebook doesn't really count. TikTok is like every time you post a video, you get an extra 100 followers, which is kind of cool. But anyway, I'm talking about nothing now. I'd like to thank you for listening to this uh, this podcast. I would love to hear from you if there's anything about this that kind of ticked your box or, you know, raised your interest, whatever it might be. Or maybe you didn't like it, you did like it. Maybe you're the person that I was kind of like subconsciously talking about the whole time and you want to have your opinion on it. Maybe not. Who cares? Whatever. I want to do that thing where I go, I'm out. You, but obviously Larissa's asleep, so I might just do the quiet version, okay? Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been the podcast number 43. I am out. You. (laughs)